Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hey! This is episode 16 of the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. Yeah, we can drive now, and I can ask my daddy for a fancy car for my sweet 16. You have a car waiting outside for you. <laughs> that's true, yeah. yeah. We have two cars. We do. We're very lucky that way. One for you. And one for me. <laughs> I love it. Well, it is officially 2022, Michaela. Did you know? I'm going to be 30 this year. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's exciting. I'm excited. You know what I actually decided I want to do on my 30th? I don't know. I want to watch the Friends episode where Rachel turns 30. Oh, yeah. That's a very good it's episode. It's a good episode. We should do that. And uh, how did we bring in the new year this year? Well, I'm asking, but I know. But I would love for our listeners to hear what we did for the new year. Yeah. Well, if you follow us on social media, um, you know, Twitter, Instagram, that kind of stuff, you'll have seen um, that we were at Cannon Beach for New Year's. And... Um, it was magical. It was sunny for the two the two full days that we were there. It was sunny and nice, and it we was, did not get it was amazing. snowed in. We were not stuck up here in Seattle. We, we were very to, lucky. Yeah, we managed to get out and before, get down before it snowed here again. I guess or whatever. Mm -hmm. and so it was it was lovely. We had a very nice time. We threw the football around. We did. I kicked the football around. I caught the football most of the time. You know, I had um. Most it's, of the time. It's not, it's probably TMI for our listeners, but well, I, what are we talking about? <laughs> I went and got a massage today, which maybe it's not TMI, but yeah. the, the masseuse was like really working on my rotator cuff. Cause I haven't thrown in so long that I think I really did one, like did a number on my throwing arm. Yeah. And so it was funny cause I haven't, like I used to play softball or fast pitch. So I used to throw a ball all the time. Sure. And, uh, yeah, there was a lot to work on yeah. on my shoulder, and I'm going to go back next week. And it was amazing, but it was also, like, quite painful oh. <laughs> and much needed. Well, welcome to being almost 30, as I'm sure mm. our listeners can agree. Once you cross that threshold, it's all just downhill. It's been it's this way since sixth grade. I can't. And <laughs> can't bend over. 12 years old, I started feeling this way. Yeah, I tried to get a pencil off the ground for one of my kids today, and it was just like, it just took me a solid second or two to get that bent, so... I hear you. I hear you. Well, how about you share with us? This is a really funny quote of the week this oh week. Oh my gosh, this one is great for our Pacific Northwest, excuse me. I don't know. Northwest athlete quote of the week. You're trying um, to say Pacific North week is I, what happened it and it's totally whole, fine. It's the it's like the week quote for the Northwest West. and the North week, you know? Yeah. Anyway, you get it. I do. All right. Well, anyway, it's multiple athletes this week that contribute, but to start with is Quandre Diggs, and he says, brushing your tongue is a key part of your success. This is hands down the best advice I think anybody could be given in 2022. You definitely have to brush your tongue like all the time when you brush you your tongue. You have to brush your tongue. Like if you don't do that, this is like one of these conversations that luckily you don't have to have with like an awkward conversation with somebody who knows you you're just getting this information from your pacific northwest showdown hosts we're, we're and we're not up. even like looking you in the face and telling you we're not you judging need to you. brush your tongue brush your tongue and what was dk's response yeah, so, to that so dk followed that up with saying well i know a couple people failing and um, which makes you really wonder 
Because DK is close to quite a few people in the team. The first person, and I'm sorry, Tyler Lockett, that I thought of was like, okay, DK is pretty close with Lockett. Is he like throwing shade that way? Hmm. But then what did Nick Ballor say? He said, how are you able to do it without gagging? Which is a huge indicator to me. Well, Nick Ballor doesn't do it then. That we know that Nick Ballor does not brush his tongue. So the part though with Metcalf being like, uh, I know a couple people failing. Was he referring to failing as in like, they're not being very successful, so therefore they must not be brushing their tongue? Or is he referring to like more of the breath issue with the tongue? I would assume it's the breath issue. Yeah. That would be my assumption. That makes sense. So anyways, that was a quote that I felt like was 100% necessary to share this week on our it's pretty episode funny. 16. I mean, oral hygiene is very important. Look, we're we're at that stage in life, right? We're 16. This is episode 16 where I mean, that is yeah. a solid piece of How advice. Gonna get our you're getting into soon, you know? like adulthood. Yeah. You need to know that you need to brush your tongue. You should probably know before you reach 16. It's true. But well, you know, now you know. Now you know. The more you know. Thank you, Quandre Diggs, for that lovely piece of advice that everybody should follow. Absolutely. Oh, it's the first one. Is okay, it? keep count, people. <laughs> Coming up next is the Showdown Lowdown. It is time for the Showdown Lowdown, and Kate can't say it after me because she's in the middle of a beautiful big yawn. Showdown Lowdown. Are you tired? I mean, I'm not tired, but it was just, it's chilly and it's cold. It's dark. It was a moment. You know, it was just a moment. It's fine. All right. The showdown lowdown is our Pacific Northwest sports news. Quick review of what's going on around our sports teams across Seattle. And we're going to start with the Seattle storm this week. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. head coach Noel Quinn not only had her birthday a few days ago. Happy birthday, coach Quinn. Happy birthday. But it has been announced on January 6th, which is this morning, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that she has been selected to be the lead assistant coach for Canada's senior women's national basketball team. Well, that's pretty cool. So that was a cool piece of news yeah. during this offseason. It's really fun to kind of follow teams when it's when they're, they're not playing in their regular yeah, seasons because yeah. things are happening in their communities and they're doing other things, mm -hmm. whether it's sports related or coaching or playing. Uh, you know in different countries yeah they're doing things and so we really like to share and highlight what the players and the coaches and the teams are doing outside of just playing their regular season games so we hope that you guys love these little segments too where we're sharing that those little pieces of information well you know they do i like to think so well and the kraken it kind of feels like it's off season for them. It sort of does. Oh my gosh. Right they now. had today's game canceled. Yeah, it's, it feels just, like off season. There have not been many cracking games to watch in recent weeks as COVID cases continue to be on the rise and NHL games are being postponed. And as of right now, the NHL faces over 90 postponed games to reschedule um, across the league due to COVID. And there's us, you know, also, and that's, that's like less fun Kraken news, but more fun Kraken news that I'm sure a lot of you have heard about. It was a special story that's been shared on a national level that um, a Seattle Kraken fan, uh, Nadia Popovici, I think, was um, awarded a $10,000 scholarship after um, notifying a Canucks assistant equipment manager about what she had thought was a, maybe a cancerous mole on his neck. Um, I believe that was in the, the first game of the season mm -hmm. is when that had happened. 
and um, Brian Hamilton, who was that um, assistant equipment manager, and the Canucks put a letter out on social media to actually try to find Nadia um, because Brian expressed that she was actually correct about the mole being cancerous and that she basically hoped to save his life. And so um, the Kraken and the Canucks put in together for this $10,000 scholarship, and it's going to help her towards pursuing her medical degree. So that was super cool. And she, you know, she actually came out to the game um, when they had one yeah. and with the Canucks. And they got to reunite and connect yeah. and, and yeah. share a moment together. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because when you see a stranger and maybe you recognize something that you feel like maybe it's concerning, you don't feel like it's your place to say something. They mm -hmm. probably already know. And yes. maybe it's out of line to say something. You know, if if you're if you're coming from a good place with good intentions and you genuinely like don't know, like it's mm -hmm. all about your approach, right? And mm -hmm. you know, she literally typed on her phone in like yeah. a note or a text and like held it up to the glass to have him look at it and he mentioned how he didn't like he read what she wrote, but he like didn't necessarily like really acknowledge what she said in that very moment, but sure. he like obviously went and followed up on yeah, it I think it sticks with you and well and i had seen how i had read how she when she wrote the note actually put like a smiley emoji or whatever yeah. in it so that she wouldn't think he was so that he wouldn't think that she was like being rude or like a hater right. or whatever because you know text it's hard to get a tone of voice and a sense of what someone's trying to like and you're like he's like in the middle of like you know working <laughs> working and and doing equipment mm -hmm. manager stuff for a game so just if you ever feel like a hunch or in your gut that maybe you should say something, mm -hmm. it say it. Like the worst thing that could happen is somebody saying like, you know, that's none of your business or sure. Thank you. No, thank you. Or whatever. And if they, if they shut you down in that way, then at least you can walk mm -hmm. away feeling like maybe I said something when I should have. Sure. And I think that our society often makes us feel like, I, I'll just like mind my own business and continue on. But this literally, yeah, he said that the doctor said if that mole went untreated for four or five more years, like he didn't even know it was there, mm -hmm. then I mean, his yeah. life would have. Yeah, melanoma is, is no joke. It's not something to mess around with. That's for sure. So shout out to Nadia. Did you yeah. say she's from Tacoma? She was from, she's from Tacoma, I guess. Yeah. And, um, she, I think she was, she likes to go to the games with her mom. Mm -hmm. It sort of sounded like, and so it's pretty fun. And, you know, I think it's just another example of how, you know, as human beings, we can reach out to each other. We can look out for each other, even if we don't know each other, even if it's an opposing team, for example, you know, yep. just don't silo yourself away in this. I'm just going to only take, don't be part of the Seattle freeze people. Let's be, let's be a Seattle melt over here. Yes. The snow Except and ice for... is all melting and let's just melt like that too. Yeah. Have warm saying. hearts. Yeah. Warm hearts. All right. Well, we're moving on from that like warm story of a positive outcome mm -hmm. over to talk about the Seattle Seawolves. Yeah. And uh, the Seawolves are making moves right now. They are. And their season, their preseason, well, it's exhibition games is going to start up here on January 22nd. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be there. You should get tickets. You should show up. You should meet Rocky the Seawolf. Please. You should come meet us and support the Seawolves rugby team. Mm -hmm. We're really excited to get into it. But this, the yeah. Seawolves are welcoming a few new 
players. So yeah. they've welcomed Duncan Matthews to the team with a contract through 2024. Mm. He generally plays fullback, but also center and is noted to be a great ball carrier and distributor. That seems helpful. Duncan comes from South Africa and has played in the Curie Cup, which is one of the oldest rugby union competitions in super rugby, another level of rugby union for the Bluebells and the Golden Lions. In addition to signing Duncan Matthews, the Seawolves have signed USA 7s and 15s Eagle Martin Yosefo. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, but they have signed him through 2023. Mm -hmm. And Martin is a two-time Team USA Olympian mm. and will debut and compete in the Major League Rugby MLR in 2022. That's so cool. That's awesome. So we're excited to welcome those Seattle Seawolves. Next week, we'll have another uh, player that we're going to share that the Seawolves have acquired today. Yes. But we do not have that player's name with us as we speak. So we're excited to continue to share that news as we go into next week's podcast. More to look forward to. More to look forward to with the Seawolves. Well, and the Seattle Mariners, um, you know, there's currently been no real updates on the MLB lockout and no negotiations are currently scheduled uh, between the two sides. And some are concerned that if negotiations do not start back up by the end of January, that there could be a delayed start to the season. So, um, quote, February 1st is still the first litmus test, and quote, that sport, um, sports columnist mm -hmm. Jeff Passan wrote. And he says, if they haven't made progress uh, by then, chances are spring training will be delayed, which isn't a huge deal. It's March 1st that sets off the alarm. If there's no progress by then. Only a quick agreement will save games. Mm -hmm. And even that might not get it done. There's still free agency to finish and arbitration to adjudicate and algorithms for teams to rejigger based on all the new inputs from an agreement. So hopefully um, something gets scheduled with with these two sides. Something's got to give. Right. Well, and yeah, is it that is it that ownership? Like, it could be that ownership is trying to write up a new, you know, basically proposal. If that's you know, it could be that sure. they haven't scheduled anything. They're trying to come up with what they want to propose. Sure. Yeah. And then it will get scheduled. You never know how quick that could turn around if it's an agreement or something that you know the players' association would want to agree to. And I mean, it could also be slightly like a game of chicken, right? To see like, okay, who's gonna panic first? Who's gonna try to step up first? It's getting, and it's getting to crunch time, mm, is what it sounds closer. like. It's getting closer. That's for sure. Well, thank you for the update on the Major League Baseball, the Mariners. Yeah. You know, it's been hard. It's weird, right? This off season between from 2020 to 2021. Heading into 2022 with the pandemic, mm -hmm. things have just felt so different with the sports world and what's it's felt weird across the entire world, not just the sports world. I'll first and foremost say that. Sure. But it has been so different. And granted, things like this, right, with the Mariners and, and you know, contract negotiations. Con that's are right. Always, that's normal. Are always an issue. But it just feels like it's this extra element that feels it's like, okay, now yeah. this also feels off. Mm -hmm. And this also might be delayed mm -hmm. on top of the other things that are being postponed or canceled. Mm -hmm. and so thank you for sharing all of that. There is super fun news to share about the Seattle Seahawks this week. What? They came out with a monster game on offense against the Detroit Lions on Sunday, winning the game 51 to 29. That's crazy. And 
you know, they easily could have scored another touchdown at the end of the game with the ball. I think it was on the one or two yard line, mm-hmm. but they opted to kneel it down on a, and end it on a classy note. They didn't feel the need to, you know, you don't want to rub it in too rub much. It in. I mean, Th- that is a classy thing to do is to kneel it down. You're, you don't need to be scoring just to score at that point. Although if I was playing Madden, you know what if I would you were do. playing Madden. It's, it's a different, different story. Right? Cause aren't real people. I no, mean, especially know, when it's, video a, game it's a computer. People, yeah. yeah. So they could have scored another touchdown, but they ended it on that note. And for me, this was hands down the most fun game to watch this entire season because of how great the Seahawks offense was. Granted, you know, there's different arguments here, but it's the Detroit Lions. So they were two, I think it's a two and 12 or two and 13 at this mm. point this season. So they're not the greatest, but some have argued that they've actually had some pretty close games against really good teams true that they almost came out on top on. So I don't know. Like I, I, I still feel like the Seahawks needed this. They need it for their morale. They needed a, well, yeah. a boost in but, that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping that the Seahawks can turn it around for 2022. Um, but we will break down this game in the Hawkeye analysis segment that will be right after our Pacific Northwest Player of the Week. Yeah, and our Pacific Northwest Player of the Week this week, I mean, we put up a Twitter poll about it, and it was a landslide. It was clear as So day. we know that all of you are going to agree with us. Um, but that, of course, is Rashad Penny. I mean, come on, two touchdowns and 170 yards rushing, 15 yards receiving. He won the NFC Player of the Week. The Player of the Week. For the whole NFC. So that's pretty impressive. And, you know, this is his third game in the last four where he's rushed for over 135 yards. That is insane. It's, it's just... It if you just picked keeps up Rashad better. Penny in the last... Let's say let's say you're in your, you know, fantasy football finals and you sure. play that. And you're like, I'm going to pick up... Did my sister pick up Rashad Penny? I somebody did she have him? I want to say either way. Did. Rashad Penny probably won some people their fantasy leagues just by picking him up in the last oh, three or four weeks. Definitely, definitely. So shout out to Rashad Penny. Incredible game again. Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah, this year because they uh. did not ex- they did not exercise his fifth year option. So he's going to get the bag either in Seattle or somewhere else. And when I say he's going to get the bag, I mean, yeah, what does that mean? Basically, it means that he should get a decent offer and a contract, okay, okay. whether it's multi-year, single-year, prove-it deal. Got I it. mean, this is kind of, to me, has prove it. Like, he's proving it in the last four Yeah, it's, hey, when I'm games. healthy, here's what I can do, you know? Exactly. So, I could see where teams might be concerned about his health and his availability, And giving him a large contract, that would probably be literally the only hesitation I think teams might have. Mm -hmm. And but his his run game, and I'm going to talk about it in the Hawkeye analysis, um, looked incredible. Yeah, I watched the game again today. I had it on. Yeah, yeah. So I was watching some specific things. I'm like, there it is. All right. Well, coming up next is the Hawkeye analysis. It is time for the Hawkeye analysis where we break down the Seahawks game. And this is a fun week to break down. Yeah, it was a pretty fun game overall to watch. So I'm interested to see what you have to say. 
Well, let's start out with Wilson. I really like to start out with the quarterback okay. for the Seahawks each week. And Makes so sense. let's start out with Russell Wilson. And he had a game against the Lions throwing for 236 yards, four touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. And it was great to see him out there just slinging the ball around. Yes. Hitting his targets. I mean, yeah. Converting, extending plays. He threw the ball away a lot more than he normally does. Mm-hmm. Makes he, a difference. Multiple times I saw him throw the ball away when he didn't have an open receiver and he had pressure on him. So I think he's starting to try to do what he's supposed to do to, to not only protect himself, right? He throws the ball away. If they hit him late, that's a flag. They get to extend a play. But also if he throws it away, they're not supposed to hit him. He's protecting his body. Mm-hmm. Right, you you stop trying to extend plays the way he does. Granted, yeah. he's been magical in many moments by doing that, but he's protecting himself where he can. And also, you're not losing a bunch of yardage if he ends up getting sacked by dropping back and trying to extend that, which so. he always does and is notorious for doing. So, yes. So, shout out to Wilson on that. Thank he you. was wearing a glove on his throwing hand that was fingerless except for the middle finger, which he had it's the a one surgery he had surgery on. on. He wasn't so there was a very specific reason why it was the middle finger. Now, I won't say what I saw somebody compare it to looking like on t- Twitter. I saw somebody compare it to looking like an undergarment. <laughs> oh, and it was really funny. But um, you know, one has to wonder how that glove impacted and supported his ability to be able to be on target through the game. It was a cold day. It was rainy. Yeah. You know, they talk about how the cold air and stuff as he came back into these games, you know, you think he came into green Bay and how cold it was then. And he had that snow game. They played against Chicago, Mm -hmm. keeping that finger warm. I mean, a glove is not going to necessarily be like the thing that's like, keep like we've all worn gloves and yes, they help a little bit. It's not like it's going to, Protect but for that fully. But for that fresh surgery, fresh joint repair mm-hmm. kind of thing, it might that one layer might make the difference. It might make the difference. So according to Bob Condotta, Wilson didn't wear the glove on his hand on the first series, which you know I didn't really realize. I'm glad that Bob Condotta shared this. Mm. He didn't wear the glove on his hand in the first series where he went, you know, 0 and 2, and then it was three and out. Mm. But then he came out with the glove on and he had, he was 20 for 27 in his passes, Yep, four touchdowns yep. and Seattle scored on nine straight possessions. I'm not yeah. saying that the glove, it was the magic of the glove, but Hey, Russell, can you, you know, always wear that glove? Wear that glove. Yeah. It's cool, man. Just wear the glove. I mean, look I... like Luke Skywalker out there. Be sure. a freaking Jedi yeah. and dominate the NFC west to dominate the nfc in general that's i say go for it i'm absolutely i'm saying it even though i'm trying not to because it just it deserves it so wilson looked good you know we mentioned rashad penny in the pacific northwest showdown player of the week Mm -hmm. and penny was truly unstoppable he had great run blocking by his offensive line which we'll talk about a little bit later and but here's what I noticed from Penny. Penny had great vision. He was finding the gaps and cutting back when he needed to. Mm-hmm. So depending on where those holes opened up with how the offensive line was, you know, where they were supposed to pull and block for him, he was finding where those gaps existed and he was hitting those hard. And he's hard to bring down. You know, you see these players hitting him, but they're not wrapping him up and he's gonna continue to go. You you gotta wrap mm-hmm. Rashad Penny up. 
And that's something, you know, Akib Talib was the, the commentator on this game as well. And he talked a lot about how you can't just hit him. Like, you got to you gotta wrap him up and take him down. Mm-hmm. He's a hard guy to tackle. So, yeah, he had two touchdowns, 170 yards rushing. He won that NFC Player of the Week. And hands down, it's, it's well-deserved. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another player this week that deserved that, that honor. And so, you know, I'm really excited to see what happens for Penny in the offseason. I hope that we're able to bring him back. That would be great. And I would love to see him, you know, for the Seahawks. God, I can't believe I'm sitting here. But, like, the moment you get a really solid, consistent run game, the Mm. moment your passing game opens up, and it's really the importance of a balanced offense. Mm -hmm. And you're keeping the defense on their toes. You know, there's different schemes when – you know, defense is trying to protect for the run game versus the passing game. And so defenses have to try to anticipate what you're going to do each play. Are you going to run the ball? Or are you going to throw it? What down is it? How many yards do you have to go? And all of those kinds of analytics come into play when you're making, you know, calling plays on either side of the ball. Yeah, sure. So the reason why, you know, when you struggle to have a run game, they're just going to assume they're going to drop back in coverage. Okay, they're going to pass the ball. It's not going to be difficult to stop them. Their running back can't find the gaps. Their offensive line can't create the gaps. You don't have to worry as much about that kind of protection, and you can focus more on the coverage Mm. for the passing game. So Mm -hmm. the moment we started getting this running game going, number one, Rashad Penny is just blown out of the water. Number two, we're starting to see this offensive line get rolling. That – they, they have excelled in these games for the running game. And, of course, you know, we need them to be better in protection for Russell on the passing game and against top-tier defensive lines. That's where they really struggle is top-tier defensive lines. Sure, yeah. And um, But I, I, I am really excited to see if we're able to bring him back in this offseason. And uh, shout-out to Rashad Penny on that. DK Metcalf, what? I mean, he's your boy. Yeah, he's my man. Man. And, uh, yeah, he had 63 receiving yards and three touchdown receptions. It was truly a beautiful thing to see that connection between him and Russ this week. I mean, it was it was so needed, and it should be mm-hmm. so – it should be much more consistent. So looking forward to next season, hoping that continues from this game on. Um, even next week, even, like, or this coming week. You know, uh, DK had in his press conference today, Mm. he was talking about, they were like, so, you know, do you want to come back to Seattle? Because you know how now he's eligible to extend. Mm -hmm. We still have him for another season, but he can Mm -hmm. sign an extension this offseason if he desires. And he did say he wants to stay in Seattle and that he wants to make that extension happen, but he's still focusing on Arizona. And what I loved about that comment is not only was he very – um, because adamant. we play Arizona this week. Right, yeah. yeah. He was very adamant about wanting to stay in Seattle and not going anywhere, but it was great. I feel like there's a maturity level to what he is saying, like, I'm focusing on Arizona, when, number one, they're yeah. no longer in the playoff race. Yeah. And he's sitting here saying, like, I'm focusing on the here and now. We still have more to do. Yeah. We have more to We're do. And to take, to take this game seriously when you're out of the playoff race, mm-hmm. to still want to show up, to still want to devote your 
your heart, your mind, your body, yes. especially physical, like physically your body. Yes. He's been battling a foot injury all season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've talked about like he might need surgery on his foot in this offseason to repair whatever damage is existing there mm-hmm. in his foot. But he's been playing through it and he's been playing through it just fine. Yeah, he's been taking it. He's been uh, not practicing at least one day a week mm-hmm. um, during the during those practice sessions. So, you know, I hope that the Seahawks extend him too. I hope that my hot take the other week is is not right. I would love for him to stay. So I am looking forward to seeing what happens. Also, I'm just excited about next week's game too to see how many more touchdowns can he get if he gets thrown it. To if DK. he gets three more touchdowns, okay. If he gets two more touchdowns, he has 12 right now this season. If he gets two more, he'll tie Doug Baldwin for 14 touchdowns in a single season wow. for the franchise record. Wow. If he gets three, he would break it. And yeah. so I'm like, let's get another three. Let's do it. Look, I'm all for it. Let's break some records. Granted, like this Baldwin is the is thing. Great. Can we? I'm just going to make note that Doug Baldwin did 14 touchdown catches in 16 games and this is the 17th game of the season because they extended okay, the season. Okay, that's a good point. So lots of people are also talking about how all these records are going to be broken because now there's 17 games versus what players mm. did in 16 and something I have a lot of respect for with Cooper Cup who plays on the Rams. He's yeah. He went to Eastern Washington University so I feel like I can talk about him with a little love. A little P&W in there. Right, a little Pacific Northwest is that Cooper Cup, you know, he's gone off this year and yeah. he really acknowledged, though, he's like, I just, you know, I don't feel right about breaking records in a 17th game. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like that should be acknowledged, basically, gotcha. is what he's saying. Maybe it's like a new a new record category or something. It could be. If the game s- yeah. uh, stays like that. So, you know, let's let's get DK Metcalf as many touchdowns. Look, I, get him six. I, I will take as many as you want to pass Just to him. keep throwing to him and let him keep scoring. It's exciting you know? when, D, for some reason, when DK scores, it feels, it feels more exciting. I don't know why. Yes. And I love a good Tyler Lockett touchdown, but there's something about how, like, He's big the, bodied. He's the and presence that just, like, makes, presence. It, mm-hmm. makes it, like, a bigger thing. Yep. So... Well, yeah. Freddie Swain, you know, he's our wide receiver three at this point. You know, mm-hmm. I would say, I would argue that he's a wide receiver three. Eskridge okay. has been, you know, put in there here and there. But Freddie Swain had a great 58-yard uh, pass catch from Wilson. Yeah. So, shout out to Freddie Swain getting open on that play, running it. He was so, I think he was like 10 yards from getting it into the end zone. And it's so it hard on so those long, close. yeah, on those long bomb passes and you're running and it's just like, you're so close and you want to get there and you just, but also thanks for getting us that far. Get short. Exactly. We did score on that, um, on that drive right mm-hmm. after that play. Actually, I believe we scored and I think it was Rashad Penny got his second touchdown run. Uh, on that one. Yes. Uh, you know, Tyler Lockett and Wilson connection continues to happen on the deep ball. They had a beautiful connection in this game. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett also had a touchdown in the game on a play with a misdirection where yes. Lockett motioned, from the left of Russell Wilson, and he came across the line. And right as he was running right in front of Wilson behind the line, Homer um, started, and that's the running back. Travis Homer started running the opposite way of the way that Tyler Lockett was running. Mm. And it allowed for Tyler Lockett to get around the edge for a touchdown. So Wilson actually flipped it to Lockett. So all the defenders started following Homer. They were thinking that. Wilson was going to hand it off to Travis Homer, mm-hmm. but he flipped it to Lockett. And by the time they realized 
that Lockett had it, he was already running around the edge for a touchdown. Yeah, changing that trajectory can be So this difficult. is what I think lots of people thought was going to happen having Shane Waldron yes. as our offensive coordinator was that they were going to see a lot more of these kinds of plays. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hoping for is if this coaching staff stays intact, if if no big changes are made, mm-hmm. that this year is a year of growing pains, is a year of injuries that like we have never had a season where we haven't had Russell Wilson for a handful of games and that he's still quote, oh, on the yeah. mend in the games that he's coming back to his throwing hand. Yes. I don't think that if had he not been injured, I think that we would be in the playoffs. I truly believe that because even though he came back and we still lost a few games, he was, st- he was still on the mend. He came back too soon. Yeah. He came back thing. too soon. I mean, I think I think we would have a much better chance of being in the playoffs for sure. I think that some of this disconnect that we're seeing between people, I don't know if it's some sort of trust issue that was in the beginning, you know, like mm-hmm. in terms of relationship sort of trust, or if it was like um, the uncertainties or any kind of power struggles or whatever. But the way things looked in this game, um, I'm hoping that's more of the way things are going to kind of continue because it did seem more like there was a, um a, a joined effort like a group kind of mentality mm-hmm. um f- for everybody and kind of being on the same wavelength so i'm just hoping that I continues agree. yeah you know uh gerald everett he has continued to yeah, be yeah. a great target for russell wilson i feel like they're they're really clicking at this point and so if they're starting to click here at the end of the year we're starting to see play calls that that are starting to Makes sense. They're getting that run game going. If they're putting all this together at the end of the season here with Shane Waldron mm-hmm. and what he's calling on offense and they're, things are starting to click, it kind of is unfortunate, number one, that it's clicking at the end of the season. But yes. at the same time, how can they keep this momentum going? And we have to see them put it all together against Arizona. Let's let's put that yeah, out there, too. Do it you, again. You need to you need to consistently show it that you're this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And if if they can do that against Arizona, I think we'll have a lot to talk about in the sense of, okay, so is this just growing pains? And what now there's still a lot of pieces that they need to to shift and change to make next season successful. Sure. And that's player personnel. And I do think that there's some co- coaching staff changes that need to be made. But um the offensive line, for instance, Phil Haynes filled in for Damian Lewis because Damian Lewis at left guard was on the COVID reserve list for for this last game. And Phil Mm. Haynes showed out. He had one great game, his blocking game. He he allowed, he, he made this block that allowed Penny to get his first touchdown run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have a player like Penny, that's making multiple 20 plus yard gains, that's because of your offensive line and the blocking and the gaps that they're making. Granted, he was making beautiful cutbacks and finding those gaps, but you need a good offensive line making those gaps for you to be able to do that. Phil Haynes had a great game. It's kind of hard because it makes you question like, well, where's there a spot for him? Cause then you have Gabe Jackson on the right guard side. And I'll be honest, like although an offensive line is offensive line, it's, it's very true that the specific positions that these players play matter. The side that they play on matters. You can't just, I mean, you might have players where you can fill them in at like left guard or right guard or left tackle. And yeah, they're an offensive lineman, so they can play anywhere. But if you're a left tackle, you're protecting typically your quarterback's blind side, right? Like, and 
mm-hmm. you're right tackle, like there's different techniques and edge rushers versus defensive tackles coming at you. You're like all of those things matter size difference, speed, you know, your footing. So yeah. you can't just plug them in sure. in any position on the line, especially center. Like well, yeah, <laughs> you're we hacking saw that the ball, yeah. right? And so um, Jake Curran, you know, he might have earned himself a starting role at right tackle heading into next season with Brandon Shell going into free agency. Mm. He's played great in the run game sure. on the right and at right tackle. We really need, though, good pass protection. That is where we struggle mm. the most. Now, mm-hmm. I feel like these d- offensive linemen are great with the run game. Okay. Now it's time for them to figure out centers. I would say that center is the top priority on the line at this point. Well, it took them so long to decide who even was the starting center this year. So that yeah, makes sense. I don't think Did they that, even decide ever? Yeah, right now it's Ethan Posick. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, some are saying that he's been good. He's been, like, average. But we can't have average on the line at this point anymore. We need to have exceptional. We need to have pro pro bowl caliber linemen. Sure. And Russell Wilson has never had that. And it's time that he has. So invest your money there. Okay. You heard it here first. On to the defensive side of the ball. Yes. In the first. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, defensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a play of the game, but Bobby Wagner was injured on that first drive there for the yeah. defense. Yeah. And he ended up spraining his knee. Now, you know, they talk about him potentially coming in and playing next on, on Sunday against Arizona. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth like. Seems risky. You know, it's the last game of the year. You're not fighting for anything. Like, I'm not saying you're you're fighting for a lot, but also sure. But you're not trying to stay in the playoffs. Cody Barton played trying, just yeah. fine. I would love to see. Of course, I want to see Bobby Wagner out there. Bobby yeah. Wagner is tough as it, is, he's as tough as it gets. Yes, he is tough. He is a hard worker. He's out there for his team. He's an yes. incredible captain, and he needs to be back with the Seahawks next season. Oh yes, please let us keep Bobby. And so it was hard to see him go down because he is consistently healthy for us. Yes. And if he's not healthy, he doesn't let it show. Yes. You know, like he's just like, he's that tough of a player. And um, we're, we're, we've come down with quite a few injuries on the defensive side of the ball this season. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's been hard for the team to adjust to. It's not the same consistent group of guys out there by any means. Any given it's week, constantly changing. it's constantly changing between yeah. COVID, between injuries, mm-hmm. between uh, players battling for their spots on the field. Cornerback at the beginning of the season was not established. Yes. Like it's it's been hard. It's been very rotational. And I feel like they've done a decent enough job. And injuries are going to happen every season. So that's kind yes. of a hard thing. That's why depth matters. Mm-hmm. Depth matters because you're going to have injuries or you're going to have illnesses at this point. And so you need backups that can fill in as starters. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, of course, cap space matters. You need to be smart with how you do that. That's why drafting matters because drafting really, I mean, you're not paying, the, you're paying these guys peanuts compared to what veterans get if they're good and yes. they're making bank. So that's why all of that matters. Now, on that note, talking about injuries, you know, Ryan Neal came in for Jamal Adams when Jamal Adams is out for the season. Yes. 
Love and him. he's done a great job he's the last two seasons when he's job. had to fill in for Jamal Adams. Yes. And, you know, he's going to be out on Sunday yeah, because he went protocol. on the COVID list today. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about Ryan Neal's great playmaking so on, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, he came in with some speed on a safety blitz and he forced a fumble. Now we didn't see this happen. I watched it today when I went back and watched the game. Yes. We had caught the second half of the game live um, when we came back from our trip from Cannon Beach. And so when I went back and watched this, so I don't know, did you see that meme of Ryan Neal on the sidelines just being like, you know, he kind of like threw his basically like eye rolled and just was like, whatever. Yes. Have you seen that one? Yes. So that was a response to this play where he came in, he had a safety blitz. He forced a fumble, which the Seahawks recovered Mm -hmm. and it got overturned because they said it was a forward pass. Oh, I disagree with what I saw. I, I, I don't feel like mm-hmm. his hand was coming forward. Now the argument was that he had control with his fingertips as there was forward motion. I don't. Uh, so they they ruled it an incomplete. They pass they ruled instead. it an incomplete pass. Now okay. it made it fourth and eight, so that end up being punted. But the where the ball would have been on the field, plus in terms of credit for a forced fumble, would have yes. gone to Ryan Neal in that circumstance. So it didn't necessarily, nice. you know. A hundred percent, really shift in a negative way for the Seahawks. That you know it now it's would fourth have been and eight, but it would have been Ryan Neal if it had worked a out. Great circumstance. Yeah. So, shout out to Ryan Neal, your boy yes. on Love defense, who had a great game. Mm-hmm. Jordan Brooks had another ten tackle game. Yeah, he is like all over it right now. He was an excellent pick in twenty twenty uh-huh. for our first round, uh-huh. and lots of people were questioning it, but then. Words started trickling in. Like, people are like, Jordan Brooks, who's that? Or, like, yeah. why would they pick him? At, I think it was at 27 that they picked Jordan Brooks. Even mm. Jordan Brooks was surprised that the Seahawks picked him there. I think he was expecting maybe a different team at the time. Mm. But it was kind of made known that on a lot of these other teams' draft boards that he actually was ranked at the top Higher up. for linebacker. Oh, and, and some of the other, and, and I think the Seahawks okay. got word of that because they also had him ranked pretty high. And they're just like, we can't wait. We got it. Like, we can't wait for the second round. He's mm-hmm. like ranked up there. And it was a great pick. He's been, he's been awesome. He's been such a, such a help to our defense this year. He's been excellent. And, you know, there were a couple great interceptions. We had three interceptions in this game. Yes. Now, this is against backup quarterback for. <laughs> For Detroit, you know what though for the Lions. So we're we're gonna we're gonna still be proud. Yes, we're still hundred percent. They were great interceptions. DJ Reed came down with two. Mm-hmm. DJ Reed is a free agent this off season, along with many of our cornerbacks that we only signed for a one year deal because we had no idea what we were doing or who we needed and where we could fill people in. So that's oh going to be gosh. a big question yeah. mark. Such a nightmare to figure out, but. I do think that they need to re-sign DJ Reed. I think he's been consistently good for us since we yes. we picked him up off the waiver wire last season. And he had two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ugo Amadi yeah. had an interception and then a fumble on it because I think he was like, he was trying to switch hands. He was like, I think he was so excited he got this interception. Yeah. 
that he ends up, he's trying to switch hands, you know, to protect the ball. And then he ends up fumbling it. He was so lucky that that went out of bounds. Oh my gosh. Yes. So if you're the last in quote possession and you fumble it and it goes out of bounds and your team gets it from where you fumble, you know, where you fumble yeah. or whatever, it doesn't turn over. No. So unless the other team magically gets possession and then yeah. it goes out, right. Or something like that. So Ugo Mati had an interception. Daryl Taylor. I've been, I'll say this every week. He is a monster. He's a beast. Yeah. And I said it. I said it during the game. I said, um, I'm saying this now that Daryl Taylor is going to be a pro pro bowl edge rusher in 2022. Let's That's do it. my hot take. Let's make it happen. He's going to be in the pro bowl. Yes. And yes, seeing him play this season has been so fun. His hitting ability, his speed. He plays with no hesitation. He is, he is all in. And he's a really special player. And in my mind, totally worth the wait. You know, mm, like a fine wine. Like a fine wine. Mm -hmm. And he is a fine wine. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, man. All right. The defense, you know, they did give up 29 points to the Lions, as I said, ha who had a backup quarterback in. That's a yeah. little concerning. Um, but because of our offense, like this is why offense and defense is so important, uh, important. If your offense is playing as potent as our offense played in this game, then the defense has the room. Granted, I don't like giving the room, but they have the room to have to allow for 29 points, which yeah. is still a lot of points. It is. And, you know, that, that is an issue in my opinion, but we're down quite a few starters and we've been we diving were. into our depth on that side of the ball throughout this whole season. And again, as I stated earlier, they haven't been really consistently playing all together on that side of the ball. So you have to get to learn it, each other. It really is harder when you're playing um, with different folks, like even just having to do like a group project, right? If like one person's not there and there's like a sub, like it's some meeting that you have to go to, right? Like <laughs> You always, there's always these meetings, and for like for me, it's like your grade level representative goes, and if a different person's there, then you're like, well, this just throws off the flow. Like mm -hmm. this person doesn't know what happened last time, or they weren't in it for this thing, or you have to re-explain the other stuff. It's just not the same energy and the same vibe. So if it's constantly switching up all the time, though they practice together, and I'm sure they practice in like different groupings, and they practice with starters, this, you know, yeah, I'm sure they switch it up for stuff like this. But it's still, it's not the same as when you're playing with the same people you know, constantly and consistently. So I don't know. The defense has had some really good games. They've this had year. some really good games and, and so, they've had some games that have been so not difficult. Not as, not as awesome. But, but I would say that the defense has shown up more than the offense this season. I would year. agree a hundred percent on yeah. that. Yes. So moving on to special teams. Yep. You know, special one. after a rough week last week, Jason Myers came out kicking and made all of his point after touchdown. Yeah. His PATs and all of his field goals. He was three for three on his field goal attempts. He had one in each of these categories. So he had a field goal between 30 and 39 yards, a field goal between 40 and 49, and then a, a 50 plus field goal mm. attempt that he made. And he had six point after touchdown makes. I mean, he, he was on it this week. And I loved seeing it because that is a lot. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if he missed one of those. Like, well, in terms of, like, on average yes. for kickers, their circumstance, that's a lot to make. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if he missed one of those, I'd been like, all right. But he made all of them. Well, and I feel that's like, a lot. I feel like after what he had said last week, um, coming out saying, you know, that it's on him to make those kicks and make those points and everything. Um, I, I feel like this game, I was like, well, of course he's going to make them all this time, you know, because it's like, 
he's like probably got himself in the mindset of like, okay, I've got to make all these this time. Like I can't have that, you know? And so, so this week I was not surprised. I mean, the number he made, yes, if he had missed, if he had missed a little here or there, it would have made sense, but statistically, but I'm not really surprised he didn't miss. Right. So he made in our him. league, you know, each fantasy league has different point systems and values mm-hmm. for things. But in our league, we, we do Yahoo sports for the league that Kate and I play in together. And he had 18 fantasy points, which yeah. is a lot for kickers. Cause on average, oh, yeah. they're like, okay, on average they'll make, you know, maybe eight or nine points. Yeah. And usually it's less than that on occasion, depending on who your kicker is. Maybe they'll consistently make more if your team like sure. is always getting down near the end zone. But um, yeah, 18 points is a substantial amount for a kicker in our league. So it shout is. out to to Jason Myers. Good for you, you Jason You know who Myers. I missed this week? I know. You know who didn't get much it's true. hunting time this week is yeah. Michael Dixon because mm-hmm. we had nine straight possessions where we scored a yeah, scored a field to, goal or a touchdown. Didn't have to turn it over. Now he got to go it. down and like, you know, be the placeholder for Jason I was Myers. so confused. I didn't realize that the, I didn't realize that that was him that did that. So after one of the after one of the kicks, I was like, why was Michael Dixon out there? And Michaela's like, he holds the he holds the ball and I'm like I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> I had no idea. I'm still learning sports. Hashtag #learning sports. And with that note, you with should take note, us on let's over take it on to, to Kate's Corner. Well, okay. So today I wanted to talk about uniforms and I don't know if you've noticed, but when we watch professional sports, all of those athletes are wearing uniforms. What? Yeah, I know. It's true, right? Wait, a uniform? They're all wearing them. Mm. It's like the thing. So okay. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that pretty much everybody knows that most sports have a home uniform and an away uniform. And that makes sense, right? You you can't be caught wearing the same outfit every time you go Don't out. Don't do that. Total fashion faux pas. Don't do it. So... <laughs> One thing I wish I could have found out the answer to in this research that I tried to figure out with my uniforms idea was how many jerseys NFL players go through in a year. But oh, um, because I'm like, you know, every game they come out and they always look brand new and so nice Very and nice. everything. And I'm like, okay, so they get like a new uniform every game or at least a new top, maybe. Um, you know, I don't know, but it was it was really conflicting in my research. So if anybody out here has any ideas or knows things, please fill me in because I would love it. But it sounded like um, for the most part, it kind of varied, but that initially players are given two home, two away and two practice jerseys mm-hmm. to start. But then they could just request more if needed. And apparently there are equipment folks who do try to launder and repair everything worn by players in the NFL. They try to get it clean and fixed up and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there are things that have to get replaced at times too. And, you you know, you've seen at the end of the games, the guys switching jerseys with other teams and stuff like that. that They don't have that jersey, so they have to get a different one. And things are tailored kind of more specifically to the people. So it's not like they just get it right off the rack and everything. So it is kind of a process to get those jerseys and make them. But one thing I found out um, from the NFL website that I thought was interesting about uniforms that I didn't know I didn't even know this was a thing, mm-hmm. um, is that they're actually NFL uniform inspectors. Do you know about this? Have Continue. you heard about uniform actually, inspectors? I don't think I have. So it sounds but like... Before you carry on. Sure. When I played like softball or fast pitch, yeah. they'd always have to, for for us ladies at least, yeah. um, they would check our jewelry. They would make sure that we didn't oh, have jewelry safety. on. Oh, it's safety. Yeah, it's a safety concern. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Yeah, so there's, there's these... Um, 
at least in the NFL, there's these uniform inspectors. And it sounds like for the most part, they're former players and they inspect the teams um, at, like at their home stadium, you know, they'll inspect both teams to make sure that all the uniforms match the league standards. So they check to make sure that players are wearing all the required pads and protective gear that helps to ensure right. like, you know, for liability and, and safety and things. Sure. Um, and that they're not, you know, using modified equipment pieces that don't have approval. Like, for example, if there's players with like the tinted visors for their masks, those actually have to have like a medical exemption to be able to wear those. You can't just choose to do a tinted one. You can put on a clear one, but you can't choose the tinted. So because they need to be able to know, um, I guess they have wow. to, be able to see into your eyes sometimes, probably for the concussion protocol without sure. having to remove helmets. So, um, so you have to get special permission for that. You can't have the altered face masks there were those face masks years ago that looked like grids like yeah. checkerboardy kind of stuff and you can't do that apparently that adds to the weight um and it can actually cause more strain on the necks of players and things like that so mm-hmm. um and you also can't have any logos for brands that are not league partners so like only logos that are part of the league um sponsors kind of thing can show or be displayed so if you're wearing different shoes then right. a company yeah. or I knew that. like that. Like, I knew you that have to part. make sure the logos are covered. But this inspector also checks to make sure all of that has happened. Um, and so if it's going to be removed, it's going to be covered up, that kind of thing. But if it's not done, actually teams can get penalized mm-hmm. five yards if a player goes onto the field without correcting a violation. And so it sounds like most violations are pretty quickly resolved. But wouldn't it be terrible if at like some really critical moment of play – your team got a five-year penalty because someone had like a small logo on their shoe that was uncovered. Like, oh no, that electrical tape fell off. And now you can see that it's like, you know, Allbirds or something. Yeah. Like, hi, Allbirds. Um, anyway, <laughs> but so they can also fine, uh, get fines for having yeah, um, I knew that. incorrect mm-hmm. uh, equipment. And actually the fines that are collected are actually put into a fund for former players. So I liked hearing that too, that it wasn't like, Fines that just go to the NFL, line the pockets of the NFL, but actually go in for for former players. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, there was a lot out there. I started kind of getting in a rabbit hole about uniforms and like hockey and basketball and everything. And I was like, this is too much. It was a lot. So, um, but who knows? Maybe another Kate's Corner will be about some other sports uniform. But you know, there you go. So uniform inspectors and fashion faux pas. You get it all here at Kate's Corner. Coming up next. Is the mailbag the famous segment mailbag segment? Yeah, it is time for the mailbag segment. Oh, yeah, and we got some really fun are- and interesting questions this week. We do. Our first question is from Phillips Chris 12. What's up, Chris? He says, What's better, Disneyland or Cannon Beach? I've never been to Cannon Beach, but we had a vacation planned in 2018 that we canceled last minute to go to Disneyland instead for Pixar Fest. Well, Chris, I will say um, Pixar Fest was pretty awesome. So if you got to go to that, that's pretty dope. Um, For me personally, since I'm already talking, I might as well just keep going with it. (laughs) Keep going with it. Um, I, I love both for totally different reasons. Cannon Beach is the place I love to go to recharge and Mm -hmm. reset and rejuvenate and all of that. And Disney is a place I love to go to celebrate and to eat and to eat a lot. And to Although Cannon Beach, I like to eat too. Let's Cannon not, Beach let's not lie. There's some good food. Um, I think if it was like a, you can only ever go to one ever again, right? If it was that kind of thing, because it's Oof. like, what's better, right? That's kind of makes me think that I think I might, oh, 
Man, that's that's a that's not that's the question. It's not. It just says what's better. I'm gonna you say you don't have to put yourself in that position. I don't have to pick a one. Thanks, Chris, for not making me pick one. Watch next week; he'll make me pick one. He's um, I think I would pick uh, Disneyland because it has kind of all the things, um, and you can do some restful and relaxing things there. All you have to do is go into Small World if you want, like restful. You could take and a nap relaxing. in there. My brother falls asleep every time in Small World. He always takes a nap on that ride. He does. Yeah, like. He's Jungle Cruise there. is pretty relaxing to go on. I mean, they have good jokes, though, that kind of keep you awake. But you know what? It's, like, relaxing. Like, it it's, is. like, a nice float. Tiki room. The, um, what's the frontier land? The boat? That oh, the riverboat? The riverboat. Yeah, the Mark Twain riverboat. So there's things that you can do. Yeah, that's, that's very like peaceful. very relaxing mm -hmm. and, and chill. Yeah. That you can do at Disneyland. I would have to also say Disneyland only because it, it is a really fun environment and mm -hmm. there is so much to go and see and do and experience. Yes. That you're there. Like you can, we went 14, the first day you took me, we were in the parks for 14 hours straight. We, we didn't go back and take a nap. We didn't like, yeah, that's weakness is what that is. <laughs> so Although I get parents with kids. It's like a thing. That's so I'm different. not trying to argue, but, um, but Cannon Beach is definitely, you know, it's beautiful Pacific Northwest, you know, vibes, whether it's raining or it's sunshine. Walking down on the beach is amazing. amazing. The scenery is incredible. The food in town. People are always so nice there, too. People are really kind. Great shops. Um, excellent Irish whiskey bar that we went to. Yes. McGregor's. 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 We went to McGregor's. That's probably the worst accent ever for that, but that's sorry. Kate's sorry, better at it than I am. And the Pelicans Brewery there is has oh, excellent food. No matter what so you get, great. the food is is Sleepy Monk Coffee. Yes. So I mean, if you're trying to go to Cannon Beach, basically just like send us a message, message or whatever. We'll we'll, we'll we'll give, give you, you a lowdown. list. We'll give you a list. We'll give you yeah. the showdown lowdown. The on showdown. Cannon Beach. We'll give you the showdown. So Special yeah, Disneyland, <laughs> I guess we would have to say, is our choice. But it's also been a few years at this point since we've been. And I think we're really, really missing it. Yeah. So we're looking forward to our next trip. We are indeed. So Robbie Light yeah. asks, what do the Kraken do at the trade deadline? Is everyone available to be traded away? And how long will Haxtell last? So I'm going to let Michaela handle this one because I don't know. Okay, so the trade deadline for the National Hockey League is March 31st. Okay. So there's still a little time. Now, I do believe that the Kraken should make some moves because I'm not sold in the fact that this is the the team. Sure. That, And this is, you know, there has to be a lot of grace for this. This is the inaugural season. It They're is. trying to get a feel for what they want their team mm -hmm. culture to be, their identity. And that is the most important thing to remember is that this is an entirely new team on the ice. And mm -hmm. during a year where, you know, they have some of their top players that aren't available due to COVID being on COVID protocol, you know, Tanev's injured now. He's out for the season. Yeah, it makes a difference. So some of these things actually do impact. So this is a team that's coming into the league during COVID. Mm -hmm. And that's not the, an excuse, but it it really does make a difference it, in terms of how often they get to be on the ice together. Yes. That like they've had so many canceled games. Like getting that consistency on the ice together is what really gives you 
that unity exactly. and gives you the culture and the identity of who you want to be as a team mm -hmm. and playing together consistently. And that's kind of what we talked about with the Seahawks yes. is if you can't have the consistent starters on, on the ice or you can't have them on the field, that makes it really hard to create a unit that's cohesive, that's going to be successful. It does. And so I think there, you know, you asked if, and if everyone's available to be traded away, of course, that's, you know, that's a possibility. Any, any player, any given time could potentially be traded away. But I do think that there's a few key players that I would personally like to see kept, you know, and not traded at the trade deadline or by that trade deadline. I really like Eberly. Mm -hmm. Donato, Dunn, Tanev, Gord, and Geeky. That's, I mean, that's a handful, right? That's a handful of players. But those are players that I feel connected to with yeah. the Kraken that when I hear their names, I'm thinking the Kraken. And of course, there's other names that you think of where you're like, I can't believe you left these Gru. are grew. I love that. But at the same time, our goaltending has been struggling. It's, it's been a struggle now. Can you blame that on the defense? Or is that? simply on your goaltending and you know they have dredger back there and he's sure. had some good games but then you know when you're giving up four or five it's hard when it's a, okay well are you leaving an empty net yeah are some of those goals not necessarily on your goaltender or not necessarily on your defense you know what's sure. the circumstances behind that and to that point you know i want to put out the fact that you know with with haskell yeah. Haxtell, excuse me. You know, it's a tough question when you ask, you know, how long will he last? And that's partially because, you know, what's their identity as a team at this point? It's also new. Do I think that they would replace him after one season? I really have no idea because this is a brand new team. Now, when you have history behind ownership and how they decide to manage these kinds of circumstances when a team's not necessarily finding success on their very first season sure in in the league how is this ownership or this leadership going to decide to manage that right out of the gate i mm -hmm. have no context of historical you know decisions that this team has made in that regard now do i think that you know if they continue to struggle after next season or after two years that they would replace him? Absolutely. I don't yeah. think that they go more than two or three seasons of this kind of record or this kind of struggle without deciding without that they're going to move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it might be weird to For, change him out after this year because this year, A, like you said, inaugural season, and B, like COVID craziness. So I, I feel like you're not really getting a good sense of exactly what he can do or bring because everything is so inconsistent in a lot of ways so i don't know i feel like it'd be i think it'd be weird to switch him out at this point but yeah like i think said, that they try to I, I think they'll try to allow him to establish the culture and the identity of the team mm -hmm. and if he can't do that then they're gonna move on yeah and that absolutely. that typically will take longer than one season especially in a season like this yeah well thanks uh for that question robbie light um moving on to a question from teddy wong the third um, it says, on "What's the up, Teddy?" <laughs> hey, uh, on the Kraken. Um, obviously, the city and fans are in love with the team. But what are you willing? Sorry, what are you calling for to consider this inaugural season a success? And what would have to happen for it to be an unsuccessful season? Again, I'm going to let this one go to Michaela. 
So, so far, a huge part of success in my eyes is the branding and marketing for the Kraken. Like, you have to come out, yes. like, strong in that way because you, that was – when we talk about identity for the team, on the ice is one thing, but for fans, for the community creating the identity and the marketing and the branding behind it, you need to get that – That you yes. need to capture that right when yes. you start. And that's something that I feel the Kraken has been, has been extremely successful in. Their yes. logo, their branding, marketing, their marketing, marketing department should get a raise. Is what I think. It, I, I'm in love with yes. the Kraken and the branding and everything behind it. Merchandise, the you know even the Kraken Ice you know complex. Yeah, here where they practice, that entire facility. That is gorgeous. Is gorgeous. And then they have, you know, the, the 32 bar and grill in there. Like they so have done good. so many things that I think really have established, you know, of course they're in a new arena, you know, yeah, with which helps climate you, pledge. People are excited about that. So there's a lot of things that they've done right here. Now, you know, like I said, getting a solid fan base and people literally bought in with getting the merchandise and the yeah. product while selling tickets is a huge part of you know, the battle of is this a successful launch to a whole new inaugural yes. team. And, but where I, you know, now that important part is keeping that fan base, keeping the buy-in through winning games. Yeah. And that now this is that turning point where, okay, marketing and the brand and the representation and the fan base mm -hmm. has been established. Now it's the team that needs to maintain it through. Sure through winning games and it's about again finding the team's identity mm -hmm. and i feel mm -hmm. like they're still trying to find that mm -hmm. they you know if, let's talk about this they give up goals immediately after scoring when we talk about identity you know you, it the fact that fans say that that's predictable already mm -hmm. that it's predictable that they're going to give up a goal right after they score a goal that's not an identity you want <laughs> No, that's not, not something all. that you want people to when they say Seattle Kraken that they're like, oh, yeah, they're the team that gives up goals right after they score. Right. Yeah, we don't want that. And so that's kind of become predictable. So I would say in order to find, you know, a success, like to find success in the season. That in order to be successful, the team needs to find that consistency in winning here at the end of, of yeah. the season. They need to find that yeah. consistency on the ice, that they need to find their identity, that mm -hmm. they need to be building the culture at Climate Pledge. And that what they need to be known for is that other teams, when they come to Climate Pledge, that they truly fear the deep. If that's your logo, fear the deep, that there's something attached to that from the team Yeah, that is fearful that is aggressive on the ice yes. that they are a, a winning consistent team mm -hmm. and that they are to be feared. And I don't feel that yet from the Kraken. Not yet. I felt with Tanev on the ice with his speed, you know, he already has this nickname, you know, turbo. turbo. Yeah. Turbo. It's players like that, that have that kind of. It's a connection connection, right. With, with, with fans that have something that they're known for. You know, you think yeah. about DK Metcalf, you think about these iconic players who have a stature, who have an ability or have a nickname, something that goes with them wherever they go that people know. Mm -hmm. 
Like, that's this player. Yes. I think, you know, there's been talk, too, about how the Kraken don't have, like, one kind of superstar standout kind of can always be counted on to do all the things. Um, it's just been kind of up and down a little bit with even the even the players we have that are good. It's a, It's been a little up and down across the season. And I feel like some of that's got to be expected with it being a new team and getting everybody together for the first, you know, the first time kind of. But like you said, I think I think that that's kind of building that consistency and all that is is pretty great. And when that little when that little red eye of the crack and opens, you just go, oh, no, <laughs> you know, I, I also think that it's hard, Teddy, because um, with the Golden Knights coming out as strong as they did on their inaugural season, I think a lot, a lot of people had high expectations for what the yeah. Seattle Kraken could do with this, you know, the expansion and, you know, the draft. And mm-hmm. so, again, there are some teams that just kind of ruin it for <laughs> other teams when they come out looking as great yeah, and dominant as they are. Yeah. And ultimately, like, kudos to those teams that are able to do that. But I I want to have grace here for the Kraken, but I do think that they've had a solid launch. Now it's to get to build that winning culture. Absolutely. But, you know, Seattle sports fans are all about just suffering through things also. And so sticking around through the losses, sticking around through things. So I have a feeling that their fans will still be there. But, you know, it's a lot of fun when they get to win, too. So. So moving on, um, Andrew Duggan asks, will we get the Sonics back before 2030? I'm hopeful. I want to say that we will. We have Climate Pledge, and I can't foresee that there'd be a full eight years between, right? Because 2030 is in eight years. Well, the thing is that I, the that the NBA sure in eight years wouldn't expand. I mean, I think that that's the biggest thing, right? Is that the NBA has to first decide to expand. And then after they decide to expand, obviously Seattle would be a great choice. Um, but I think it just comes into that because um, in looking into this at some point a while ago, it talked about, you know, when you do an expansion, that it's also like affects the number of games that there are and affects the different um, types of just ways of of just reconfiguring everything and how that works with um, advertising and revenue and broadcasting and just all these other pieces to it that, you know, some of that stuff takes a long time to come together. So I would love it if it happened before 2030. I think it's technically possible. I feel like, though, it would have to be already, like, sort of in the talks of actually expanding for that to happen, mm-hmm. just with how slow things move for stuff like this. But, um, but yeah, I would I would absolutely love it. Yeah, so. I think it's I think it's possible personally. Yeah, maybe so. Fingers, maybe I'm being too hopeful. Fingers crossed. Bring back our Sonics. So, um, Brady Larson eighty nine says, "Do you think Russell will be here next season?" Hands down, Russell Wilson will be with the Seahawks next season. Yeah, I think so too. Now, he just came out in a presser today, and some people are questioning the way he decided to answer. I'm not at all. He made it clear. He said, simple, I just want to continue to win games and I want to win more Super Bowls and I want to do that here. It's yeah. it's simple. That's that's what he wants. And, you know, some people, he talked before he made that comment about his, you know, the trade clause, the no trade clause, and why that's there in a contract. And that's really to protect 
players, because anything can happen in the NFL, any player, if you don't have a no trade clause, can be shipped off at any time when you can do trades to any given team and you don't have a say over that. Now, the no trade clause allows a lot more power to be in the player's hands Mm -hmm. to where a team, you could say no, like I'm not going to be traded, or you won't waive the no trade clause unless you're being traded to a team that you approve of. And so Mm -hmm. that gives the player a lot more protection and say if that was to occur. Yeah. Now people questioned, okay, well, why would he bring that up Mm -hmm. if he was, you know, he wants to say in it, in my opinion, he wasn't saying that, you know, that's there and that he would waive it for a team. I don't think that's what he's saying at all. I take, I'm taking it face value. And I said that sure earlier. Now, what I think it really means is that, like, if the Seahawks approached Russell Wilson and said, we want to trade you, I don't think Russell Wilson would would fight him on it. And that's because I think that Russell Wilson wants to be wanted. He wants to be valued and he yeah. wants to be appreciated. And yeah. if the Seahawks approached him about it, I think he would want to say in where he goes. But I mm-hmm. also, it's not that he doesn't want to be here. That's not what, I don't think what he's saying at all. I yeah. think what he's saying is he does want to be here. But he has this protection to where, you know what, if if they approach me and they say that they want to trade me, then that's there so that I can help have a say in my future. Sure. So that's kind of the clarification I want to give there. But I do, I 100% think that Russell Wilson will be here next season. I kind of, though, I kind of now I'm wondering, like, what would Russell's Enneagram number be? Hmm. I feel like this would be a really good Kate's corner for next week. I who knows? Maybe I'll figure it out. Maybe you'll I'll need Russell Wilson to do the test. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe somebody else has already. Who knows? Whatever. We'll see what happens. But more thoughts are spurring, so or churning or moving around. Um, so moving on to Rick Judd twenty one, who says, "If you were a college athlete, what brand would you pursue an NIL deal with?" And that's a name, image, and likeness deal. So. What what brand would you want to partner with for an NIL deal, Michaela? I would probably go with, you know, there's a couple different brands, but there's a brand called Stay, and it's a clothing brand. And it's really, it's a big advocate for mental health awareness mm-hmm. and advocacy. Mm-hmm. Also LGBTQ plus friendly. Um, and so I think as a, as an athlete, if I was a collegiate athlete, I would want to partner with, you know, an organization or a brand that really fully represents and supports mental health. And that's something that I like to advocate for now. Yeah. So I think that would be the perfect partnership that I would have and, and a sponsorship potentially to, um, help bring an awareness of the importance of mental health. Wow. Well, I just feel like mine's ridiculous and shallow now, but that's fine. We need <laughs> a little bit of both in this world. So, okay, I guess. Um, I feel like for that kind of thing, I I don't know, you know, it's like I'd probably go with something like, I would want to say like Funko, but really um, how much could really happen with that or what would they really do with it? So, um, so I don't know, but I feel like that could be fun. It could be like a, you know, a, a Kate, you know, pop of me with whatever my sport is and a Kate pop with me doing like, you know, some sort of leisure thing. Maybe I'm like knitting on the couch. I don't know. Like I could do all kinds of things. Um, the sport of knitting. Well, I didn't say that was the sport thing. Do my sport one. And then there could be variants like other versions. Oh no, we're getting, I shouldn't talk about, I shouldn't talk about variants for lots of reasons, but see, I went um, straight to Loki and you know, we have something else that we could talk about. I'm glad you went to Loki. It's a much better way to talk about that word. 
Um, but I'd go with that or like, you know, I think the part for me is the college athlete part is like the most unbelievable part of this for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I would do something like that. So cool. Um, and then closing out our mailbag questions with our buddy, Tim from Puyallup. Um, the said, way you say that, it's like we, we dread, uh, but we love this part no, so much. No, 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 I just, I'm still trying to figure out my answer, I think, but, um, Tim from Puyallup and Tim says, choose one. A, every time you enter a room, including businesses, you have to sing the chorus of Wrecking Ball. Or B, you have to sing Happy Birthday to You every time someone mentions what day it is. This one's kind of funny because, to be honest, just for the sake of having a whole lot of fun, anytime I walked into any business or any room, singing wrecking ball would be hilarious but probably only for the few, first few times you did it yeah and then it would probably be embarrassing in some circumstances well the thing for me with that question is that it's like every time you walk into a room so i'm like i go from the living room to the bedroom from the bedroom to the bathroom i have to sing it in every room or is it like every oh, new pretty... space you know because yeah, if i'm he like said even, room. He says room and so even with businesses if it's like I'm entering in the front, but then I go into a dressing room or then I go into like the bathroom. That's getting very technical. Well, I'm not. I mean, it's Tim from Puyallup. Of course, it's very technical. Okay. So I would probably have to say that I would select singing happy birthday to you every time someone mentions what day it is because I maybe I just don't realize it. Maybe I'll start realizing it a lot more now that I selected this one. You should try it out for the next like day. Okay. And but you can't see. purposefully start. No, I won't mentioning I won't just randomly that like, it's so it's it's Friday. It's Friday. Hey, did you get your blue Friday? Hey, happy blue Friday. Oh, yeah. Fridays could be rough. That could be a hard one. But I would probably choose that one just because I feel like you would sing the song a lot less. I think uh, I would go with happy birthday as well. I, that was the one I was kind of leaning towards because um, on the one hand, you, there's a lot of different ways to sing it. To kind of give different emotions and feelings, which would be kind of fun. And Wrecking Ball, I feel like you can only sing, like, the one way. Also, I feel like you'd be singing Happy Birthday a lot less. I could probably also sing that one a lot faster. Because you didn't mention you have to sing it in a certain, like, tempo or anything. Oh, yeah. So, thank goodness. Um, so, I'm also going to go with Happy Birthday. And, you know, there's only probably a few. There's only some people who wouldn't appreciate that very much. You know? Only like people who hate their birthdays. Or that are, like, Jehovah's Witnesses because they don't celebrate birthdays. Oh. So they probably wouldn't appreciate being sung happy birthday to, but other yeah. people probably would be like, like, all right. Or I could just say like afterwards, like, sorry, it's like a thing I have to do. Like I, <laughs> because of no, Tim from Puyallup. There's, there's literally no, I have no choice. It's I have to Tim do Tim from Puyallup's making me do this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm sitting at a Tim, desk. Tim, we like, love like, your questions. <laughs> They're hilarious. And we hope it's that so you give good. us one of these questions every week so we can always close out our mailbag segments with your lovely questions. Yes. Yes. Thank you, everybody, for submitting questions this week. It's been a lot of fun. All right. This leads us to our closing podcast remarks. Yeah. This is the end of episode 16 for the Pacific Northwest Showdown. And we want to thank you all for listening this week. It's always a pleasure to know that you guys have been enjoying the podcast, yes. the content that we're giving you guys. It's so great. That you feel like you're learning something new each week. And, you know, for the, us, that's the joy, like, that we need and that to keep going and doing this kind of thing is just like you're so much kindness has been shared with it's us been about awesome. this 
It's and very encouraging. We need so much more of that in this world. Yes. Kate, where can they find us on social media? Well, we are on, I'm going to say it like I said it last week. We are on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. Not like reindeer, but actually as like a page. <laughs> yeah. And we're at PNW Showdown on all of those um, platforms. Can, all yeah. those platforms. You can follow us there, uh, you know, comment, send us a message, that kind of thing. If you have, um, if you We're have, pretty interactive. Like if you reach out to us, we do our best to try to respond yes. to as many people as we can. And we love doing that. Like we like getting to know you guys. We like feeling connected. So mm-hmm. please don't hesitate. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, there you go. I think that was three, but I think I miscounted last time. So who knows? But hopefully you are enjoying those shots. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for listening and sharing. We've also gotten some people leaving reviews for the podcast too on their podcast apps. And we just, that is, it's so If you sweet. can leave a you're review. So, you're so kind. We thank you so much. We'll accept. Yeah, we we're very, we're very appreciative. And, and I'm frankly, I'm surprised. So I'm grateful for all of you that are doing it. All right. Well, remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else. Until next time. So I didn't tell you about this, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Okay. Is it a pony? Yes. Is it a puppy? No. It's a pony though? No. Oh. It's a penguin. <gasps> a penguin? No. Oh. So it's a tattoo. Oh, okay. What are we thinking about? Um, what do you think about me getting like a complete like sleeve on my left arm which yes has a few small tattoos on it but we could work around it okay but a complete sleeve of seattle sports wow like historical seattle sports like thinking like historical mariners king griffey jr somehow incorporated on there seahawks you know kraken like some sort of like of all the teams but on a sleeve okay okay do you support this decision and should i leave it up to twitter like if i get like a thousand retweets then i'll like invest in creating this maybe if you get a thousand well a thousand retweets that would be a lot of retweets yeah a thousand retweets what were you thinking i was i thought at first you said like 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 a thousand likes i was like i feel like that's too easy well i mean kind of versus retweets yes i feel like that's easier but 
Are you thinking like color, black and white? You're kind of a color person. I'm a col- I, you know, my other tattoos color, so I yeah. probably want to do color. What There's hap- too many vibrant, awesome colors in Seattle sports, though. Yeah. It's, it can they be can kind, kind of, of clashy a little. If you think about like the Seattle storm and then you get the crack and it's just like, are those colors going to vibe yeah. well? But if you do it in like portions on the arm. Would you have Sonics included? You have to. Yeah. It's Seattle sports, mm-hmm. whether they're still here or not. Okay. I mean, because that's the other thing too is like, what if another, like, because I think, I think, you know. Well, it would be at this point in time in 20. Uh, okay. Like okay. for what has existed. So if you're okay. saying if something comes up later, then I guess I have to start a leg sleeve. Well, they'd be like a pant, a pant leg, <laughs> a pant. Okay, so yeah. you support it. I mean, yeah, I, I, you're your own person, and you can do what you want to do. So I'm into whatever you want to do that's safe and and secure and healthy and stuff. So that seems fine. Just make sure it's like a good artist drawing first before you. Don't just like phone it in. I'm not gonna phone. A I know you're to do not gonna do it. Tattoo. I know. I know. About? There's yeah. some good people here in Seattle. There's too. some great people. Yes. Yay, she approved. Now let's see how many retweets I can get. Oh my gosh. 